Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. If you'd like to listen to more of LPJ and Sphinx, make sure to check out Last Action Podcast, where they discuss action movies. If you're looking for more Matric, check out twitch.tv slash matriconstage. That's M-A-T-R-I-K. You can also check out his work on YouTube, and that's Matric on Stage there as well. For more of myself... Craig WK, you can listen to podcasts like The Legend of Retro and Noiseland Arcade. You also find me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK. If you're interested in supporting Noobs and Dragons, you can go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you can pay $5 a month for access to Behind the DM Screen, our behind-the-scenes monthly special. This show wouldn't be possible without our patron support. Thank you. and dragons i uh, so for our listeners tuning in i uh, we have a little bit of a change in the schedule for a bit uh with me right now is uh Matrick on stage who in season two is playing uh alice hello everyone i'm craig wk as you likely know if you've been listening to seasons one and two uh so because of the uh you know, quarantines involved with uh, the coronavirus, uh, our recording setup isn't quite as uh, good as usual. So, uh, our our fear was that we weren't going to bring the highest quality episodes just as things are ramping up and and getting, you know, especially exciting in, uh, uh, you know, uh, season two there. So... Uh, we figured what we would do is we would still bring you some content. It's just not as high a quality. And uh, there's always that chance that someone's connection is going to be dropped in the middle of recording. And we're just going to roll with it. Uh, so to give our listeners who are maybe not quite as familiar with Dungeons and Dragons uh, a good idea of what we're doing. Uh, uh, we're going to take an episode each to make a character with Matric, LPJ, and Sphinx. Uh, and then from there, we're going to have a little mini-adventure that's happening somewhere else in the world of Geisel. Uh, you know, something else potentially relevant to the, the stories at hand, Season 1 and Season 2. We'll see. And uh, we'll, you know, uh, go from there. So uh, how are you feeling there, uh, Matrick? Feeling pretty good. I was uh, pretty excited that everyone was on board with doing another uh, campaign uh, while we were on hiatus because, like you mentioned, it just wasn't we wanted season two to be consistent as you're listening to it instead of having what is it 30 something episodes of recording in the studio and then now we're recording over you know discord in the you know in the middle of the season so i was excited that everyone was uh was on board with doing this yeah no absolutely this this should be fun uh and as far as that goes the the biggest thing I was concerned about was that, you know, we would be recording and somebody's, like, mic would stop working or, you know, something really frustrating like that. And we'd have to, like, potentially stop and either redo what we had already done. And that's just not very feasible in Dungeons & Dragons. 
Uh, yeah, that's really hard. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's really no way to do it and make it seem believable and not that we're just faking it. So with this, it's, you know, not the end of the world if things go wrong. You know, it's it's sort of a little mini side adventure. It's, it's you know, going to be a little shorter, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, it should be fun regardless. I'm going to I'm going to start this off by the same way we do our normal sessions and ask if I can borrow a pencil. Uh, you know what? Uh, if I was there, I would give you all the pencils I had, Matrick. But sadly, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to drive for quite a bit to do that for you. Yeah, that that would be pretty rough. I I looked around and I found pencils, but none of them are sharp, and we have no pencil sharpener. So uh, hopefully, I make I don't make any mistakes in making this character. I <laughs> uh, 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 well, anyhow, so. Uh, Metric, you have decided to build a cleric. Is that uh, the case? That is correct. Yeah, clerics. Yeah, I, I normally, pl- yeah, I, I normally play healers, so I decided to just kind of lean into it this time since it was going to be a, kind of a shorter campaign. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The you know the the cleric is honestly, arguably the best class in the game. It, it has a ton of variety. I uh, you know the like the, the the base cleric spells are 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 great you know, but each cleric gets to choose a domain that focuses on something that the god or goddess that they worship is all about, and therein lies a lot of the the charm of the the cleric, where you know you can either go like in a war domain so that you're sort of like a paladin you can like be a better upfront fighter. There's the life domain, and you can be a better healer, and, you know, there's, like, the the knowledge domain where you, you know, learn more wizard, you know, utility spells, and so, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff out there for the cleric. Yeah, I think after doing a bit, a bit of season two without a healer, there's definitely been some moments where that might have been helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, uh, there is a part of me that was pretty excited that you guys didn't have a healer. Uh, I mean, you know, on one hand, you guys get to pump out way more damage because all of your characters are all about pretty much damage. Uh, but the 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 sort of, you know, flip side of that is that once you take a, a heavy blow, oh, man, what are you guys going to do? Oh, yeah, no one in our group can take a hit. Yeah, like at all. Uh, well, uh, uh, Hannibal can. Hannibal can take a hit pretty That's well. That's true. It, you no, know, if he, he has if he has a shield, he's all, he's all right. Yeah, yeah, he could boost up his defense with a shield and fun stuff like that. So, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, your cleric that you're building right now, though, I uh, there's you know, uh, you know, we we can arguably just sit down and start you know using the point by system for stats and stuff. Uh, but as far as that goes, I kind of wanted to, to touch base with you. What sort of cleric are you thinking of building? Like, what kind of character? So, one who more kind of, like, sits back and casts uh, spells. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular character is not very worldly. Yeah. Uh, she has she has kind of been coddled most of her life. Um, so, for her, especially at the start, the idea of, like running in and stabbing a, a goblin is is going to be so foreign. Okay, that's that's interesting. Uh now the the other twist is that uh unlike, you know, other starting characters starting at level 1, uh you're getting, you know, getting to start at level 3. 
Uh, so that'll be interesting that she's had, you know, such a coddled life, even as she's, you know, been a cleric. Uh, now, uh, as far as that goes, have you thought anything about a race? Uh, so I'm going to go with Elf again, and there's a reason for that. Oh, yeah? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we probably aren't going to... Is that is that considered a spoiler, or should I just... Uh, I mean, yeah, you could probably talk about it, I think, especially since, uh, well... No, I, I mean, I guess you don't have to. Uh, it, it's up to you. Um, so basically, this is uh, the adventure of Alice's sister, Ophelia. Nice, nice. Um, you know, I thought that might be like a fun, neat way to kind of tie it into season two. Oh, no, um, for a sure. Bit. Um, and, and it was a character, you know, I talked to you, um, you know, outside of recording about, uh, you know, I had... Two, two ideas for characters, and th- and this one was the more fleshed out. The other one literally just had the name Older Brother in all notes. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. Go with this. Nice, nice. So, uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and uh, uh, start building uh, your High Elf Cleric. Uh, now, the, the first step with character creation is, of course, uh, you know, having a, a vague idea of what you'd like to do. You know, we've already taken care of that. Uh, the next step is going to be the point-by system uh, to, to, you know, have your stats lined up. But honestly, what you might even want to do is uh, get a hold of the uh, uh, player's hand, uh, handbook and take a look at uh, what your race gives you. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to, and, and, uh, you said you're being a high elf. Is that, uh, what Alice is? That's what she is. Yep. Cool. Cool. So, uh, you know, you just go to the, uh, the good old elf section and from there, uh, you have the elf traits and then you also have, uh, the bonus traits that high elves get. So let's take a look here. When it comes to, uh, elves, they get, uh, all elves of all types get a, a flat dexterity bonus of plus two, you know, so so that's easy enough to, to keep in mind. Uh, let's see, you know, you get 60 foot dark vision, 30 foot speed, uh, proficiency in perception, fey ancestry, you trance, you get common and elven as your starting languages, uh, but high elves also get uh, uh, intelligence plus one. And they also have proficiency with the longbow, short sword, uh, short bow, and longbow. Uh, which, depending on your build of cleric, you might not have to worry about that. Uh, but then they also get that one bonus cantrip from the wizard list. And, uh, oh, they get an extra language. Neat. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, as far as that goes, when you're uh, getting your stats ready, keep in mind that your intelligence is going to go up by one. And your dex goes up by two. Uh, so as far as that goes, uh, clerics automatically uh, are going to uh, have... Uh, let's see. Clerics are going to have a, uh, no matter what, uh, light and medium armor proficiencies. Uh, so having okay. a plus two to dex with that is pretty solid, because then you'll have the highest defense you possibly can. Now, are there weapons that I can use that would be more dex based. Cause that's going to be like my, my bows and that kind of stuff. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, you know, your longbow and stuff, yeah, that uses dexterity. Uh, there are uh, uh, weapons that have the finesse keyword, uh, like okay. rapiers and uh, short swords uh, would be one of them. So, yeah, there's definitely, if you prefer to go dexterity instead of strength, then that's certainly an option for you. Yeah, that's kind of kind of part of her thing is that she's just never been out in the world. So her strength, I, I'm honestly considering keeping it an eight. <laughs> Yeah, you could do that. You could definitely uh, 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 have a, you know, a weaker uh, cleric character. Uh, clerics can frontline pretty easy, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they uh, mean they need strength to do so. You know, there's definitely the, the dexterity path as well. Uh, so let's go ahead. Uh, you uh, had mentioned uh, before recording uh, you were interested in the uh, domain of light. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so the domain that you choose gives you starting bonuses uh, at level one. So let's just make sure that we have a good idea of what they do uh, for building your character out. You know, it just makes it a little little easier there. Uh, so let's see. The light domain gives you... Uh, what's that? I was going to say, two things that stood out to me were the, the light cantrip and the uh, warding flare uh, ability. Where uh, with warding flare, I can as a reaction uh, target a creature and it, it gets it, that's attacking me and it gets disadvantaged with uh, I think it's melee attacks. Oh, cool, cool. Okay, so it looks like your domain doesn't give you any additional proficiencies. Uh, some of them do, like the life domain gives you proficiency in heavy armor. Uh, so yeah, we don't have to worry about anything like that. So that's cool. Uh, so yeah, as far as that goes, I. Uh, uh, Go ahead and jump to the beginning of the book. Uh, I think it's page 17, if I remember right. Uh, if you're looking at a PDF version, it might end up being a different page number. Uh, but I... Uh, yeah, as far 17 as... 17 is the elf. Ah, crap baskets. Let's see. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, it's got a cool picture of a dwarf in armor at the bottom right page. Oh, I see. With the ability score point cost. Yeah, there we go. I uh, Oh, it was page 13. And then, of course, it's different, you know, when you're looking at a PDF anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, you have 27 points. And uh, while you're uh, starting that up, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, babble to the listeners for just a moment about what this all means. So, in Dungeons & Dragons, if you're unfamiliar, uh, you know, you build a character. They have stat points, and, you know, those stats figure into dice rolls and stuff. Uh, unlike other games out there uh, where you can roll dice for your stats, I feel like that's a little unruly, where you'll have one character in the group that's really, really lucky and has a super-powered character, and then there'll be a character who rolled for crap and has a, you know, lackluster character. With a point-by system to me, it just balances everything out, which is nice. Uh, so, you know, when you put, like, an 8, like uh, Matrick had mentioned, you know, earlier, uh, into strength, well, that costs zero points because you're bad at it. It gives you a net, you know, you have a negative 1 to that stat, so, you know, that doesn't cost you anything. But if you want, like, a 15 in a stat... That's ah, another matter. That's nine points out of the 27. Uh, so, you know, you can uh, uh, kind of mix it up and do what you want. Or you can even take like 15, 15, 15, 8, 8, 8 and have like a really min-maxed character, you know. 
Uh, but uh, yeah. Patrick, what uh, what are you looking at there? Like, uh, uh, you know, a, a decent idea might be to put a 14 in Wisdom. You know, you don't get any bonuses to that as a uh, high elf. Yeah, that's I have a right now, and I'm I'm not super committed to this yet. I have an eight in strength, mm-hmm. a four, a total of fourteen in dexterity. It's actually twelve, and then plus two. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I'd like to. Fi- I'd like to. I think do constitution as a twelve. Not bad. That gives you point. a plus one. And then I bumped my. Uh, intelligence up to up to 15 so it would be a 16 oh that's slick um and then 14 wisdom and then uh 11 charisma so the only downside is that with that 11 charisma it doesn't i basically have a point that no matter where i put it isn't really gonna move the needle i let's see so that's three points so i Hmm. I think I had this problem with Alice too, where there was, I I have like an odd number. I think it's in charisma that I gave her like a thirteen. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll increase it. Yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's just that having even numbers is just a little bit more cost effective with this system. I uh, let's see. So I uh, the only other thing I can think of is uh, feasibly, instead of the 11, you could do the... I uh, uh, oh, no, that doesn't really work. I guess if you wanted to take a hit to intelligence and make that a 13 instead of a 15, you'd have more points to play around with, but having high intelligence is pretty fun. You know, it gives you a lot of inf- like uh, information when it comes to, you know, roles like that, so... Uh, I mean, you could definitely roll with this. Like, this is, you know, it's totally fine. It's a balanced character. It's not, you know, min-maxed or anything. Yeah, I think... Right, hold on, what did I... Oh, there we go. I think that's what I'm uh, what I'm going to go with since I... Well... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, this just kind of, like, fits the character's personality. If anything, I'm, I, I'm almost like, oh, I could reduce dexterity, but... Um, I I think with everything else I have going on that this this makes sense. So oh yeah, I think um, so too. I I think having that uh twelve in dexterity, bumping it to fourteen because of your uh, racial bonus. Uh, I think you know having that plus two is solid because that'll give you the most defense you possibly can, uh, with wearing medium armor, and it'll give you a nice bonus to dex like for firing a bow and arrow. Or, uh, in your case, you know, you might end up slinging spells more often than that. Uh, but it's always a nice option to have. Right. So, yeah, I think, so I think I'm going to go with this. So, um, uh, eight in strength, a uh, total of 14 in dexterity, yep. uh, 12 in constitution, a total of 16 in intelligence, 14 in wisdom, which I know I'm, I realize that's probably like backwards for a, uh, for a cleric, but racial oh, bonuses being what they are, bonuses being what they are. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And here's the thing is, uh, uh, when it comes to clerics, they have so much variety to them. You know, you can do them kind of however you want. Yeah. Uh, the, the cliche cleric, yeah, would be different, but you know, I mean, you're just doing your own take on it. Yeah. I think, th- I think this will be fun. Um, especially being shorter. I didn't, 
I'm trying not to like overthink it too much. Oh yeah, no, it's it's not anything to stress out about for sure. Uh, it's more about the fun in this case. You know, you're not necessarily building a an end all be all ultimate character. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as that goes, now that you have your uh, uh, you know, stats and everything, you know, you have your racial bonuses. We kind of talked about that, uh, like all the fun things you can do. Which you know, when you have time, you can always write them down in your character sheet or whatever, or uh. Copy them and you know however you're doing it, but uh, yeah, I'll copy them down on. Uh, I'm I'm writing in pen and uh, I'll probably have to redo this character sheet at some point, but that's okay. That's yeah, not the end of the world. The uh, next step is actually going to be a a bit of a jump. Uh, so let me see. Jumping ahead uh, through a PDF version, you know, so it's uh, not quite as uh, uh, easy because I you know. In my head, I know exactly what page it is when I'm flipping through it, but, you know, doing so on my own is a little different. So, uh, next up, we're going to look at backgrounds, which, uh, let's try around 130. Oh, yeah, 130. Not bad. Pretty close. Uh, So, what was Ophelia doing before she became a cleric? So, you know... If she spent time in a church beforehand, well, you know, she could be an acolyte, I guess. But, like, that's kind of tied into her being a cleric. So, how did she become a cleric, and uh, uh, what was she doing beforehand? You know, that's probably the one thing I should have spent more time on, and it's the one thing I didn't <laughs> touch. <laughs> well, <laughs> was, let's... The, was these backgrounds. Uh, so, yeah. Let's run through uh, uh, just some brainstorming here, then. And, you know, th- this is one of the more fun parts of character creation. So, when it came to Ophelia, she's been coddled, right? Right. All right, well, it sounds to me like she had a, a life of luxury, then. I, uh, You know, Acolyte could potentially work if the church she was in was very, very hand-holdy. Uh, but, you know, she's a cleric, a fighter for her faith. Uh, it strikes me that, you know, if the church was pushing for that, they probably wouldn't have coddled her. Uh, charlatan? It was, it was more her parents. More parents. Okay. So, uh, so let's think about that then. What kind of parents did she have that were able to let her live a life of luxury? Were they like lords? Were they like higher ups? They, I do think they were kind of like higher up. They were they were important, you know, in their in their society. So then here's a would, question. I, do you see them being like royalty lords, you know, being very prim and proper? Or maybe something like that they were just very wealthy, like a guild artisan? Uh, I would say more prim and proper. Okay, then that would probably be the uh, uh, the noble background, you know. Your, uh, Ophelia's family is from, you know, essentially nobility, they're lords, they have, you know, they essentially have, you know, uh, have had a life of luxury for her. Does that sound pretty good? I think, I think that sounds pretty good. I'm just going to real quick take a look at the, uh, the guild artisan. Guild Artisan's kind of fun. Uh, It would be, you know, it's a little bit almost more that she was the Guild Artisan in that background. But feasibly, she could have been from a family where maybe they did most of the work and she just sort of learned the trade and just sort of got to sit back. Uh, 
So for our listeners, uh, while you're taking a look at that and glancing at Noble and stuff, uh, background is what your character was doing before they were a hero. Now, the, the, the immediate gut reaction is to do something that fits your character. So, like, if you're a rogue, you would choose criminal. If you're a cleric, you choose acolyte. Uh, you know, grew up in a church, essentially. Uh, you know, if you're a fighter, you choose soldier. You know, yeah, th- that can work for sure. But to me, that's kind of boring. Like, that's just sort of par for the course. It's, yeah, it's expected. Like, yeah, you're a fighter. Sure, you're in battlefields. Whatever. You know, but choosing a background that's sort of the either the antithesis or or quite a bit different uh, than you know uh, uh, what your class is, I think is a lot more fun. Uh, I think it makes you know a little bit more sense that you would go from being you know somebody else to something completely different as a hero, you know. Right. Well, and that's if I go, I think I am going to go noble. I think that fits better. So, I mean, conceivably, then Alice went from being a noble to studying, you know, then she studied magic and then now she's a rogue. I mean, yeah. So so in Alice's case, uh, she must have been, you know, it's not been fleshed out yet uh, on the show, but it strikes me that, you know, she would have been from nobility, would have, you know, been well to do. But kind of threw that life behind her as she, you know, took up magic and then had to run away from that even to become a rogue. Yeah, so, That's so yeah, I think you're right. I think it is more interesting when it's, there's kind of that clash. Sure, because, you know, when you think about it, like, why would somebody who's a noble become a cleric? Like, sure, it's not unheard of, you know, like, you know, un- uh, the child like the third son of a noble family being a priest instead of like you know uh uh any other you know politician or something you know it's certainly you know not impossible by any stretch but it's a little bit more interesting than just i grew up in a church and now i fight for the church right uh so in the background section uh for noble uh which is around page 127 in the pdf 135 on the book uh got it Yep, you'll have uh, uh, all of the fun things. So equipment you're going to ignore because I'm going to just give you guys money and you can, you know, spend spend it on whatever you want. Uh, okay. But uh, automatically... Man, I'm one of those fine clothes. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to just spend the money yourself and get it. <laughs> but uh, uh, so for skill proficiencies, you automatically have history and persuasion. Nice. And then for tool proficiencies, you get to choose. Uh, you can be proficient in cards, dice, dragon chess, three dragon ante, uh, any fantasy style gaming set. Oh, that's cool. Uh, all right. Let's see. Is there a is there a list of those? Uh, there is in the book, but what I listed off is everything there is. So there's dice, cards, chess. And three dragon ante, which is like a a, a fantasy D and D game that actually exists. I own it. That's cool. Um, it's, I think I'm gonna fun. go chess. Dragon chess. Yep. So go Dra- ahead yeah, and put chess. that under uh, on your character sheet. Uh, and then you also get one additional language. So uh, as a high elf, you're getting common, elven, and now two languages. Elven. 
All right. Should probably start thinking about languages, huh? I mean, we can make your character and then get back to languages. Okay, that sounds good. That's easy enough. Uh, So, around page 50, uh, uh, 56 in the actual book, is the cleric. Now that we have your background and we have your race decided and your stats all set, now we can kind of jump into the uh, fun stuff of uh, building out your uh, cleric. Very cool. Finding page, you said 56? Around 56 in the PDF, yeah. That's still page 70. Yeah, you might have to bounce around a bit. For me, the PDF was like page 50, and then that was like 56 in the book. I I think I found it. Yeah, there we go. Got it. Perfect. So yeah, clerics are divine agents of their god. Uh, they, you know, embody what their god is about. Uh, and, you know, whether for good or evil, because there are evil clerics in the universe. Not that I'm allowing you and any of the others to be an evil character. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all about the, you know, sort of fighting for your, uh, for your god. So... Let's go ahead and jump into uh, the hit points right off the bat. Uh, well, actually, uh, your proficiency bonus is uh, plus two. That's easy enough to pump onto your character sheet there. Uh, for All those right. who don't know, uh, those who've never either built a D&D character or, or unfamiliar, in 5th edition, uh, there's a, a baseline stat that raises every, you know, maybe four or five levels. And it essentially goes into the things you're good at. So anything you're proficient in gets that additional bonus. Uh, but let's see. Let's go ahead and do your hit points. All right, hit points. So right off the bat, at level one, your uh, uh, cleric automatically maxes out their HP at eight plus constitution modifier. So for you is one. So at level one, you have nine hit points. But you're going to be making a third level character, so you might as well get your hit points, you know, raised up to level three. Okay, so that would be nine and then plus the uh, five plus your constitution modifier, which for me would be one. So I would be adding a total of 12, so I'd have 21 health. Sounds about right, unless you want to roll it. So with my system, you always have the option to roll your hit points, but you have to take the roll no matter what it is. I I think that the uh, taking the average seems seems to have worked out pretty well. No, no, that sounds good. I, I, I mean, that's generally what I would assume. I think some people can get lucky with it, but yeah, by and by, it makes more sense to take the average. Uh, if we level up in this campaign, I, I will just roll it and see what we get. <laughs> <laughs> And hope it's not a one. Ah, ones. My favorite number when they're not mine. Uh, (laughs) So, right off the bat, as a cleric, you have proficiencies in light armor, medium armor, and shields. Alright, light armor, medium. Shields as well. Shields, okay. And then uh, from there, uh, you have access to all simple weapons on top of the elven weapon proficiencies you get as a high elf, which were the longsword, shortsword, longbow, shortbow. 
if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Uh, so yeah, you're, you know, uh, gonna have a, a, a pretty decent range of, of, you know, uh, combat stuff. Not, not necessarily as much as, like, a, uh, war cleric, uh, but, you know, a decent amount. And then, uh, you, uh, off the bat, have, uh, proficiency in wisdom and charisma saving throws. Right. And then uh, another fun one is choosing two skills from the list the clerics have access to, uh, which is history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. Uh, which, what did you get from uh, 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 your uh, background again? It was history and what else? Uh, that was from, it was history and I want to say persuasion. Right now I have bubbled in history, perception, and persuasion. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perception was for being an elf. So yeah, persuasion and history are already done. So you get to choose two from the list of insight, medicine, and religion. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go with... Man, I feel like I should take religion as a, as a cleric. You don't necessarily have to, uh, but you have a pretty high intelligence stat. So having high, you know, having something for religion would be nice just because you'd have a real big bonus for it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with insight and religion. Not a bad call. Uh, You won't be necessarily quite as good at analyzing bodies, you know, sick people and stuff, but you have the ability to heal. So long as they're not already dead, you should be pretty good. (laughs) I think, isn't there a cleric spell to stop people from decaying when they die? Uh, there is, yeah. It's uh, uh, Gentle Repose. There we go. Yeah, you can uh, stop the, or, uh, uh, yeah, it stops them from decaying and turning into the undead for a set amount of time. With the other two, we're going to need that. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, if I have anything to say about it, you will. Anyhow, I... Uh, what was that? <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. So uh, the the next step is to uh, take a look at, let's see here, bring this all up. Uh, skip equipment. Ah, spellcasting. Uh, a decent amount of spellcasting you might end up doing on your own, depending on time constraints for this episode. Uh, but for now, uh, if we look at your uh, list of cleric uh, stuff, you off the bat have three cantrips, but... You have the light cantrip from the uh, 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 the light domain, so you automatically have light plus three and a wizard cantrip uh, that you get to uh, use as well. Which I think I I had those picked out. Um, so for my wizard cantrip, I was gonna go with a good old fashioned firebolts. Firebolt solid. It's it's hard to pass up firebolt. Um. And then, any other? I felt like I felt like mending could be a good one in case something breaks. Yeah, mending's not bad. It's a it's a fun one to have. Um, I also liked uh, thaumaturgy. It seems to seem to work like uh, prestidigitation from what Thelonious has. Yeah, it's very similar. It's like almost like a clericy version of it. And then my last one, I'm, I've been debating between Spare the Dying or Guidance. 
Spare the Dying is a is very, very convenient when one of your friends finally drops because it's just like, hey, you're stabilized, you're not going to die. But you do also have potentially access to healing magic, you know? Uh, so, you know, it might not be as useful. Uh, but Guidance does give an extra D4 to all, like, skill checks and stuff, uh, which is just kind of fun to be able to hand out. Uh, so, yeah, it's I could see either being fun. Or being I think I, might, I remember Tilly using guidance a lot. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Uh, I think uh, I think I'll grab guidance just so I can uh, drive Craig nuts. <laughs> shout out to Jazzy Owl Zero who uh, drove me crazy with the amount of guidances that were being thrown around. But no matter. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. So you have your cantrips chosen. And the the neat thing to keep in mind, too, is your bonus for uh, Firebolt is going to be different than the bonuses for spell attacks for everything else. Because uh, intelligence is what's used for that cantrip uh, uh, from your the wizard one, from being a high elf. And okay. you have higher intelligence. That's gonna. That might be my go-to spell early on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's it. I mean, heck, it's a solid damaging spell throughout the the entire game. Honestly, because you can cast it as many times as you dang well please. Uh, so, for those who are unfamiliar, cantrips are magic spells that you can use over and over again. Uh, whereas other spells, you have a set limit per day. Uh, so let's see. Let's go ahead and keep diving into magic stuff here. I. Uh, so, when it comes to uh, preparing spells every day, so typically what I recommend for people who play clerics is they have kind of a set list, but the thing is, is unlike wizards and, uh, uh, you know, your the, the magic that your rogue uses, uh, pretty much all the classes have, like, a set list of spells they select, but with clerics and druids... It's not that way. Uh, basically, you get to choose from the entire list of cleric spells out there every morning when you choose your spells. Okay. So essentially, you get a number of cleric spells equal to your wisdom modifier plus your cleric level. So that's going to be three for your level since that's what you're starting at in uh, this adventure. And your wisdom bonus is five. So you get to choose five spells every day. Uh, and let's see, you're a third level character, so you have access to second level spells. So, uh, yeah, you have five spells that you get to choose every day from first to second level. And, uh, yeah, I mean, technically, if if you build out your list and a day goes by and you think, oh, wow, why did I take the I was useless spell? It just makes me useless. That's dumb. Uh, you can take, change that the <laughs> that next day. That is a dumb spell. <laughs> it's not a great spell. I don't recommend it. That's a yeah, it's a bad one. I'm thinking I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna skip that one. It was on my short list. It's going. You know what? Yeah, I. I uh, let me let me lay the uh, the DM uh, law down for you. It's not an amazing spell. Rats. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so we can always take a look at spells. You know, uh, after because your domain is going to have an impact on spells that you uh, have. Okay. Uh, so for now, though, let's go ahead and uh, just copy down your spell save DC and your spell attack modifier. Uh, so when it comes to the saving throw of your spells, it's eight plus your proficiency bonus, which right now is two, plus your wisdom modifier is two. So for you, your spell save DC for your wizard spells is a 12. 
for the cleric spells. Mm-hmm. So, okay. let's say, for example, you want to, I don't know, cast Cause Fear or something. Uh, I would have to roll, like, a Wisdom Saving Throw and get at least a 12 or above. If I get lower, then I fail and I am affected by your spell. Okay. And then your spell attack modifier for wizard spell, or I'm sorry, for cleric spells, uh, uh, is your proficiency bonus plus wisdom mod. So for you is a plus four bonus. Okay. And then for the firebolt, it would end up being a plus five. Exactly. Because for you, it's intelligence, uh, which is a little confusing. But at the end of the day, it's just like, oh, I have a plus one on top of, uh, you know, my... uh, uh, normal spell attack bonus for everything else. Yeah. That's not, not too bad. Nope. And uh, you also, uh, uh, which is a fun thing to keep in mind, have the ritual casting ability. Are you familiar with that, uh, Patrick, or do you want me to give you a rundown? You know, why don't we uh, go over that? Sure. So ritual casting is a fun little feature that so long as you have the spell... Uh, memorized for the day in your case, so long as it's something that you chose for the day, if it ha- if the spell has the ritual tag, you don't necessarily need to spend uh, a spell slot to cast it. If you just take 10 minutes per spell level, you can cast a ritual version, which will go ahead and activate the spell. And uh, at that point, you know, it gets to be cast without you necessarily using up a spell. Okay, so like I just looked at Detect Magic on a whim, and it says Ritual, so I could conceivably spend 10 minutes, prepare the Ritual, and cast Detect Magic, provided I had it prepared for the day, um, yes. and cast it that way. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep, uh, there are some fun rituals, uh, and, you know, the, the amount of rituals starts slowing down as you level up, but there's even some into second and third level, and it's nice that it's something you can take in your list that isn't necessarily going to be cast that day, so you don't have to worry about it, you know, using up one of your spell slots later. Right, that makes sense. And then otherwise, your spellcasting focus to, to cast spells is a holy symbol. You know, that stands to reason. So when you're buying equipment later, you'll have to either get a, a reliquary for your uh, shield, like a di- pattern on your shield that is of your god or goddess, uh, or uh, you would just go ahead and buy a holy symbol. You know, not a huge deal either way. Okay. Uh, now, you also at level one get to choose your domain, and you had chosen light. Is that right? Correct. I thought that's what you had said. Uh, so, with the light domain, it's a little bit more wizardy. You get more spells that are about shooting from a distance, which is neat. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fun. So, here's uh, uh, one of the cool features of having a domain. So, uh, do you see on the list of light domain spells at first level, it has burning hands and fairy fire? Yes. So those are not necessarily cleric spells, but you have access to those spells. And the icing on the cake is that they don't count towards the list of spells you prepare for every day. Oh, that's awesome. So you automatically have prepared every day Burning Hands and Fairy Fire. Okay, I'm going to write that down. And Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a liar. You have Burning Hands, Fairy Fire, and you're a third-level character. You also have Flaming Sphere and Scorching Ray. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, because those are second-level spells. Okay. 
So yeah, go ahead and write that down. Now, uh, Scorching Gray, I'm assuming, is a wizard spell. Would that then use intelligence, or is that still going to be wisdom? Still be wisdom, yeah. Everything okay. in, uh, when it comes to uh, the cleric spells, even provided by the, the light domain, which are normally not cleric spells, they'll use all the cleric stats. Okay. Uh, so, I uh, you have Warding Flare at level one. Uh, which is uh, where you can, uh, uh, if you're attacked within 30 feet, you can use a reaction to impose, impose disadvantage on the attack roll. Uh, it essentially, it's like a flashbang, which is kind of neat. That's awesome. Uh, oh, enemies that uh, cannot be blinded are immune to the feature. Interesting. Oh, crap. <laughs> uh, I'll have to remember that. Uh, but uh, uh, aside from that, uh, you can use the feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier. Uh, you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So twice per day, you can do that. Okay. Now, uh, let's go ahead and back it up just a little bit. So now we're going to go ahead and give you the level two stuff. So level two, you get, uh, uh, which is arguably one of the more fun features of the cleric class, channel divinity. All right, I was curious about this because I, I wasn't understanding what it was when I so, read it. Yeah, so Channel Divinity is an ability that you have that you can use once per short rest. Uh, you'll see on the, 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 the list of cleric stuff that you, know, we, that you get per level, it says Channel Divinity once per rest. Yep. So you can use this in between short rests. So, like, you know, I... Uh, if you use it and the group doesn't take a short rest for the entire day, uh, you only had access to it once, you know, for the day. But if your group takes a couple of rests throughout the day, you'll keep, you know, getting access to uh, uh, the ability. Now, Channel Divinity automatically gives you access to the base cleric one, which is Turn Undead. Turn Undead uh, is kind of fun. Uh, it's, uh, nothing too crazy, but essentially, uh, you present your holy symbol, you speak some prayers, and all undead within 30 feet of you make a wisdom saving throw, and if they fail, they have to run away from you. That's awesome. And the kind of neat thing, which we likely won't see in this adventure, but, uh, uh, at later levels, you can actually automatically destroy weak undead when you do that. Oh, okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Uh, but the, the, the most fun part of of channel divinity is that your domain specifically gives you a fun ability that you can use either turn undead or the in this case radiance of the dawn uh so under the light domain uh for channel divinity you have uh radiance of the dawn let's see here uh starting at second level you can use your channel divinity to harness sunlight banishing darkness and dealing radiant damage to your foes as an action, you present your holy symbol, and any magical darkness within 30 feet of you is dispelled. That's interesting. Uh, additionally, each hostile creature within 30 feet of you must make a constitution saving throw. The creature takes radiant damage equal to 2d10 plus your level, cleric level, uh, on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Uh, a creature that is total cover is not affected. So essentially, you hold up your holy symbol... Say a prayer, and uh, within 30 feet of you, all magical darkness is washed away, and uh, all enemies make a constitution saving throw, uh, or take 2d10 plus your cleric level in damage. So, that's 
Awesome. Yeah, that's fun. So uh, that'd be 2d10 plus 3 in your case, you know, since you'll be third level. Okay. And then here's where we have the the issue of spellcasters. You ready uh-oh. for this? Uh, uh-oh. Yes. No. Wait. Yes. So, do you see on that fancy list of all your fun stuff at third level? Uh, let's see. You mean the list that's blank? Yeah, you see that dash? That means you get nothing. Awesome. <laughs> but the, the fun thing that, you know, uh, uh, to keep in mind is if you scan your eyes to the right, you're going to see that at third level, you now have access to second level spells for the first time. And that's where your oh, power boost comes from. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not very fun because it's just like, oh, look, I get nothing. Uh, but you do get access to more spells. Uh, so at this point, your character is coming pretty close to the end. Uh, now spells we can, you know, look at in a bit, uh, but let's go ahead and jump into equipment. Okay. So uh, let's see what page number is that going to be? Uh, Ooh, uh, I typed in 150 in the PDF and it, uh, popped up pretty close to where we want to be. I see trinkets, trinkets. Yep. So back, uh, go ahead and go back a few pages. Uh, of course, it takes him, you know, forever to load. Want some vehicles, yeah. Um, oh, there we go. Now I see uh, weapons. Oh, perfect. perfect. So a few pages before weapons, which you don't necessarily have to back up that far. I'll just let you know the number. Uh, normally, I would have you roll for the amount of gold you get. Uh, you know, that way, you know, it's just a little bit more fun. You get to choose what you, you know, fun stuff that you want. But in this case, because you're third level characters, you're, you know, somewhat established at this point. Uh, so I'm going to just have you maximize your gold for your class. So, so where's cleric? Uh, uh, on the, let's see on the, uh, PDF, it's one thirty four. It's page one forty three. It looks like, uh, okay, I see it. Yep. So for a cleric, it's four D, or five D four times ten. So that's we're just going to maximize that out, and it's going to become two hundred gold. Ooh, that'll do. So twenty times ten, two hundred gold. And so at this point, you get to kind of buy whatever you want, and you know, within reason, of course, you can't necessarily buy the the most expensive stuff out there. I uh, but I. Uh, you know, if you want to look at uh, the medium armor, or, yeah, medium armor with me. So, uh, 136 on the PDF, 145. Got it. Uh, yeah, you have access to uh, light and medium armor. Uh, breastplate and halfplate are a little expensive. You know, they're yeah. a little outside of your range. Uh, scale mail is going to be the best, but it gives you disadvantage on stealth, which, you know, you have pretty decent decks. You might want to consider the chain shirt, which is 50 gold. 13 uh, armor plus dex mod to a max of 2. That'd give you a 15 AC and also let you be able to stealth if you wanted to. Yeah, I was looking at at that, the disadvantage on stealth. So I think I am going to go with the chain shirt. Not a bad call. Knock off 50 gold. Uh, And so uh, the other thing to keep in mind is, will you pretty much always have a shield? 
I think so. Knock off 10 gold. So, and this is not not a tricky part, but, you know, just uh, uh, to lay it on the line for our listeners. So, your armor gives you that 13 base defense plus the dex mod, but it caps it at 2, which is what your dex mod is. So, your AC is 15 without a shield or 17 with a shield. That's not too bad. No, for, for a starting character, that's not half bad. All right, so I don't see anything else for armor. No, that's pretty much it there. So that's uh, 140, uh, or 140, yeah, 140 gold left. Uh, So let's jump to the weapons a few pages down. Uh, So as a cleric, you're, you know, you're not doing too bad as far as weapons go. You're doing certainly better than wizards and sorcerers and stuff like that. Uh, So you have access to all the simple weapons, as well as the longsword, short sword, and then longbow, short bow. So bows and arrows, I mean, you have firebolt. I don't think you necessarily need to worry about that. No, I was I was thinking about that, and then I realized, well, why wouldn't I just cast, uh, you know, firebolt? Firebolt, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to have on hand just to be safe. Uh, you never know with adventuring, weird stuff happens. Uh, but uh, what I would probably recommend is uh, the short sword is something you're proficient in. It's only 10 gold. And it has the finesse keyword, which means that you don't need strength for it. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, we'll go with the short sword. So yeah, knock off uh, uh, 10 gold. And then uh, your short sword uh, is going to be your dex bonus, which for you is what? Uh, plus two. Uh, plus proficiency, plus two, so it's plus four to hit, and it does D6 plus two damage. Not the best, but considering you can tank and just hold the enemy back, you don't necessarily need to worry about damaging them. You know, you essentially can fire off shots from a distance, and when the enemy gets in your grill, at that point it's like, alright, time to just sit here and tank. Right. Bring Bring up the shield. Yeah, bring up the shield, defensive action if you have to, and, you know, have fun from there. Uh, now, uh, at this point, you have kind of almost sort of busy work to play around with. Uh, so you have remaining uh, on the adventuring gear list, uh, you have, what, 130 gold you can spend on whatever you want. Uh, you'll yeah. need a holy symbol. Uh, that's it. Uh, everything else is just extracurricular. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, you want to buy the priest pack, which is, uh, uh, on 151 proper, uh, you know, you can buy fancy clothes, you can buy, you know, a whole bunch of random stuff. Uh, so at this point, we're kind of nearing the end of our recording time, so you have spell selection and some items left, but you're, you know, pretty set otherwise, uh, we can kind of flesh out your, your character and what they were doing and how they got involved with the story, you know, later so that it doesn't get spoiled for, uh, uh, you know, the listeners. Right. But, but uh, what are your final thoughts? Like, uh, uh, what kind of uh, uh, ideas do you have kind of going forward? Uh, anything you want to talk about when it comes to your character? Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how this character turns out because she's very different from Alice. Mm-hmm. I was I almost like playing a girl character again. I almost like went went against that, but I at that 
like this character is already fleshed out before, you know, but like before we started this campaign. So I, I was like, oh, that, it, that's a cool tie in with with season two. Yeah. And like, you know, why not? Oh, no, absolutely. I, I think that'll be fun. I think that we'll be able to uh, uh, kind of flesh out, you know, what you're doing with your adventuring and stuff. Uh, you know, and, and you know, have, have some fun and it'll uh, hopefully tie in a bit to season two uh, for the listeners uh, as they're sort of stuck waiting for, you know, uh, the, the comeback for that cliffhanger we left them on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, I think uh, it's about time to kind of kind of wrap things up here, uh, Matrix. So we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, end here. Uh, but thank you to all our listeners. Uh, you know, shout out during this kind of scary time uh, with all these quarantines going on. Hopefully you're staying safe. Hopefully everyone you know is staying safe. Uh, You know, because we can't control, we can control what we do, but it's hard to control others. Uh, So hopefully everyone you uh, care for is is nice nice and safe and sound. Uh, Our, you know, thoughts are definitely with all our listeners. Uh, And if you haven't gone through season two, like let's say this intermission is what caught your attention, Definitely you catch up on season two while, you know, we wait. Uh, there's also season one if you never got to that in Noobs and Dragons. And then uh, Matrick on Stage has a YouTube channel, Matrick on Stage, uh, on YouTube. And, uh, you know, you also have uh, all the other podcasts on the GameZilla Network, uh, whether it's Action Movies with Last Action Podcast, Retro Games with uh, Legend of Retro, which uh, Matrick has uh, guest starred on uh, uh, both of those. Yeah, check out uh, Final Fantasy uh, Tactics Legend of Retro or uh, When Flanders Failed on... Uh, oh, yeah, Noise Lane Arcade. Uh, and then also Willow in uh, Last Action Podcast. Yep. Oh, yeah, I uh, uh, don't remember if you said that. So we're going to end this here. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I I suppose, uh, Patrick, do you think that I have to end the traditional way? Uh, I, th- I think you do. All right. And that's where... We're going to go ahead and pause today's session. Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind-the-scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.